All right. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Medfield Board of Selectmen for Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. This meeting is called to order. As always, it is being video recorded, so conduct yourselves accordingly. Uh, we will take a moment of appreciation for our troops serving around the globe in defense of our country. Thank you. Um, we will not be having an executive session at the at conclusion of the regular meeting uh, contra the agenda. So our first item, uh, Christian Donner and I think James Goldstein, I see him out in Zoom World as well, from the Bay Colony Rail Trail Association to discuss safety improvements at the rail trail crossings and rail trail signage. Are you talking, is James talking? Um, James, are you talking? Yes, uh, I am. Thank you. Um, can you see and hear me okay now? One for two, we can hear you, which is probably fine. Um, hold on one second. How about now? Go. Okay, yes, sorry about that. Um, so thank you for having us again. Uh, very much appreciate it. Um, I'll be very brief, and uh, I'm hopeful that you have some materials from the safety committee who we met with last Wednesday, the 16th of March, about our plan for the crossings at Harding Street and Farm Street. Um, uh, so we met with the safety committee, we presented, I, I believe you have a handout or um, uh, a link to the plans where we had suggested four flashing beacons at the crossings, one on each approach of each of the two uh, intersections, um, as well as some advanced warning signs, um, somewhere between 200, I mean, 150 and 300 feet prior to the intersections. Um, and we had a good discussion with the safety committee about a number of specific issues around the flashing beacons. And they had um, expressed concern and requested uh, that the uh, advance warning sign coming down Harding Street towards the intersection where there's a bend in the road and not great visibility also have a flashing beacon, uh, not just an advance warning sign. We share their concern about that particular approach and we agree uh, and have modified the plan accordingly to include a flashing advance warning sign uh, um, uh, between 200 and 400 feet uh, in advance of that um, uh, exact location to be determined uh, um, with the DPW's help. Uh, and it's somewhat based on having minimal impact on uh, the um, nearby neighbors uh, to make sure it's not uh, a nuisance, if you will, in terms of the flashing, uh, uh, particularly at night. Um, uh, we are not this evening discussing um, other issues like signage on the trail itself, but of course we will have uh, stop signs and advanced stop uh, warning signs um, on the trail to alert trail users. Uh, what we're here um, uh, this evening for is, I, uh, I believe, um, uh, confirmation or approval of the safety committee's um, review of our plan with the additional uh, advance warning flashing beacon. <clears throat> so I will stop there um, if that's adequate <laughs> and, and assuming you've um, uh, 
been provided uh, the plan drawings and uh, happy to answer any questions. Great, thank you, Pete. Um, I thought that the, uh, the, the setup looked uh, exceedingly good, actually. It looked very expensive, unfortunately. But it, was, uh, it was looked very high quality. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is costly. And I should have mentioned this, of course, that the project, not the town, is covering these costs. And they're not insignificant. Um, uh, we have um, uh, estimates, not firm quotes yet, but we will within days have firm quotes, but we are committed to, um, to covering those costs. Thank you for that. That's it. Yes. Uh, first off, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's the project that would pay for whatever we do here, not the town. But my, uh, I have a couple of preliminary questions. What is your estimate of the number of people who will be crossing this rail trail in the first place? I'm afraid we don't have a, um, a real estimate. Um, uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a short trail, of course, so it'll be largely Medfield and maybe some Dover folks. Um, uh, it, you know, it's not long enough to attract uh, large numbers from outside of, of the immediate area. Um, maybe Christian has a better sense, but I mean, um, I think it'll be local walkers, runners, um, dog walkers, um, and some uh, uh, bikers, of course, but um, uh, we don't have uh, uh, an estimate, to be honest with you, uh, at least anything firm. Okay. Um, the Christian, do you have an estimate? You're just within 10, I'm 20. not going there. <laughs> um, I'm not making up numbers. There's, there's no real way to know that. Next, next question. Can you point me to a rail, tra rail trail crossing anywhere within 10 miles of Medfield that has this setup? Yes, um, the Holliston uh, and um, Milford Rail Trails, which I believe is within 10 miles. If not, it's pretty close. Okay, well, that's a, that's a start. What's, what road is that on? I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that crossing. Um, I would have to look it up. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's at several of their crossings. Uh, has this set up? Um, uh, I don't know, Christian, if you know so, what the, the road names. So. So Mark Sorrell has said that that's Route 126. Uh, what I did this afternoon, the only close by rail trails that I was aware of were the ones that go through Needham over yep. near the Wellesley Babson area. And I drove around there um, because it seemed to me that that was somewhat comparable to the kind of road. Uh, and if anything, those rail trails are pretty, every time I drive by, I usually find somebody on them. So they're pretty heavily uh, traveled. Those have a single sign that's a pedestrian crossing with an arrow to indicate that. Uh, so, so my issues here, one, safety committee's recommendation notwithstanding, I personally don't believe it's a really good idea to have flashing lights for a non-active crossing. If, if, like if you go over by uh, Wellesley College, go out on, uh, you know, heading into the center of Wellesley Square, if someone's crossing over there at the golf course, they push a button and the lights flash. So these will get a microphone. For oh, okay. So these, if you do this, they'll we'll have buttons. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, I I should have 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 uh, clarified that these are button pushed, um, activated 
flashing beacons. I should say, however, that we um, uh, think it would be a good idea to include the possibility in the future of having what they call presence detection activation. It's not uh, the exact same as a motion detector, which apparently goes off too, uh, too frequently from animals and so forth, but there is something, a, a better technology called presence detectors. Um, uh, we're not um, uh, installing them now. We will be able, if the town at some point wants to, upgrade, if you will, to include presence detectors. Um, but uh, now they will have the um, uh, buttons to activate them. Okay, well, so I'll make a comment that I think this is tremendous over-engineering for those two crossings because of the nature of the two roads uh, and the, 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 the volume I suspect you're gonna see on those, that's tremendous. However, if you choose to do it, and the flashing lights are only activated when people are crossing, that's different. I, I was, I've reacted years ago on going out 109 towards Shaw's. There was a point in time where there was a flashing light at the curve. It was just a flashing caution light. That, I had that in my head. And then after that, the crossing at, you know, to get to the high school, that was added. And the first time I, that ever, I ever went down that road, in my head, I saw a flashing light. I said it was just the caution light. And I very near, you know, I was I was pretty close to the crosswalk before I noticed somebody was crossing. You guys have different the, the, the one at the school crossing. Just get a mic line. microphone so people can hear. Stand here? That's yes. fine, yeah. Um, I was the, just asking these questions to force Christian to have to get up and speak in <laughs> The crossing light on 109 has is older and it has those it has the round orange light that blinks. Yep. These one have LED bright white and there's two and they intermittently so alter, they alternate okay. and they are I mean it's it looks very much okay. more aggressive. They're only active when someone is in the that's correct trying yes. to go across. Okay, that's right. And then that's I, I still think it's over over designed, but, uh, but then I don't have the I don't have the fundamental issue that I started off with. Mm -hmm. The one, I live on Harding Street. I drive down that road mm -hmm. all the time. So I'm pretty familiar with the flow and how people do things. And people up and down Harding Street, all half of them walk across the street once a day because the mailboxes are on mm -hmm. the other side of the street. So the idea, that's not a dangerous street for people to cross. Mm -hmm. The one concern I have about the Harding Street West Mill intersection is that You've got these lights that are focused on a crosswalk mm -hmm. just a little bit off from the intersection of mm -hmm. West Mill and Harding Street. And it, it's probably, they're good sight lines. It's probably not an issue. But when I looked at that configuration and saw lots of signs that will get people to look at the crosswalk, which will take their attention away from the traffic at that intersection, mm -hmm. that was a concern of mine. Uh, just because of the, it makes it a more complex intersection. It does. Uh, the other concern yeah. that I have uh, is that while pedestrians have the on a crosswalk, and I do think the cross, crosswalk should be marked here, yes. but while pedestrians do have the rights when they enter a crosswalk, some crossings it's dangerous to make pedestrians think too confidently that they have the right of way. And I think of the crosswalk in Lexington Center as one where a whole lot of pedestrians have been killed or, or injured, not 
because they were doing anything illegal, but because this the sign that says pedestrians have the right of way gets them to think they can just walk out in the road. So the, I, I have some apprehension about this. If the lights don't go on, if nobody's there, then my guess is the lights will rarely go on. So it's not gonna to bother too many people. Uh, it's gonna be a learning process, I'm sure, for, yeah. for so some if, people. If, if the project is paying for it, and this is what you wanna do, that's fine for what it's worth. I think it's over-designed for that intersection, but. Uh, we're good. Um, Mr. Go ahead, Peterson, uh, if, if I can just comment, um, two comments quickly. One, um, uh, I live in Needham and have been very much involved in the rail trail here. And um, you're right that at the moment we do not have flashing beacons. It is the plan of the town to install one on um, Charles River Street um, uh, because of, of sightline concerns and uh, speed concerns. And um, the, the main issue that has been raised both at the safety committee and among ourselves on the committee is people do, uh, and um, I'm sure you're aware of this kind of bomb down Harding Street. And we really, uh, even though it's marked, I believe 25 miles an hour, and um, uh, we really wanna avoid avoid what you just mentioned happen in Lexington. I realize it's a very different context, but um, <laughs> uh, this was in our original plans and um, we do think it's it, it's the highest level of, of safety we can provide. Well, for, first off, I appreciate, regardless of what I think about the over-engineering, I appreciate the commitment of the Rail Trail Committee to be willing to, to do mm -hmm. this. I will say that People do go too fast on Harding. It's a 30 mile an hour zone. They come off of 35, I think, on the on the Dover side. Uh, and it's downhill. The biggest problem there with the curves yes. is it's also a popular biking road. And what mm -hmm. happens is when a biker is in front, bicycle rider is in front of you and you're headed down that hill, you either are going to have to stay behind the bicycle rider or you pull halfway out into the oncoming lane, which is sort of a blind curve. Yep. And what we're doing here with flashing lights is adding more distractions where it's already tricky for cars that are trying to get by bicycle riders. You can't, you shouldn't be passing a bicycle on that road, no. If you, can't, you want to stand out there and tell all those cars that they shouldn't. <laughs> well, if you riders. can't see but what's coming, well, I mean, what, what I'm getting but at that's is a wholly different what, what I'm getting <laughs> at is bike riders hmm. are not going the speed limit. When you go around, you can see a car I'm talking about additional distractions because mm. if you don't do a good job of doing it, you it, you'll create a, you'll create a safety right. hazard by just throwing too much in there. That's yeah. before you even talk about the intersection at West Mill. So that was, sure. that was my the, concern was mm. that we're now about to make this a very confusing intersection. Perhaps you're right, Christian. Perhaps everyone will say, mm. "I'm only going to go 20, 25 miles now." Mm. I doubt that. So that, that's my concern. It, it's going to be, I mean, we're adding to that setup no matter what, I think, uh, you know, but well, by doing nothing is um, probably the well, least. Um, I would mark this. I would mark the crosswalk. Yeah. I would have a sign that shows it there. Yeah. Like is done in a lot of places so that people know that it's there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as long as the lights only come on when someone's crossing, I don't have, yeah. I, I, okay. I have the general concern about more stimulus at that intersection, yeah. but I don't have great concern as long as it's not a continuous flash of light. So you want to do it, 
Um, we do. See how it works out. All right. Anything, Anything else? else? Anybody else? Any comments or travel? All right. You need an approval from us, or is this just informational? Or I believe. I believe I believe um, we we do need uh, an approval from you. That's the process of the safety committee, as I understand it. Okay. So I move that we accept the recommendation of the safety committee in regards to the rail trail crossings to both Harding Street and Farm Street. And, and permit the uh, installation of the uh, devices? Rail yeah, well, sure. Yeah, well, that was everything on the picture. Everything on the Yeah, and, and, and permit the rail trail to install all signage, lighting, and uh, warnings, uh, and uh, paint, and I guess painting the cross crosswalk at the just expense point of the rail of, trail. Excuse me, just a point of clarification. It, it, it will be the town who um, is ultimately, um, you know, uh, um, signing the uh, purchase orders and so forth. We will pay for them as we have in the past fr from our grants and so forth, but everything goes through the, the uh, town. J just to clarify that. How do we allow the town to conduct, to actually execute the uh, installations as uh, as the plan reflects? Second. At the I already said that. <laughs> you got that part. Wait, who's paying for it? <laughs> second. I did. Right. All in favor? Yes. Right. Any opposed? All right. Is there an update, Krishna, when this will be 100% done, ribbons cut, um, fireworks launched and all that? I'll let James speak to that. Um, uh, we, we do not have a date certain. We've been told that ordering the flashing beakers can take up to a month. We have not ordered them yet. We were waiting for this approval. And installation can take two to three weeks, depending on availability of, of you know, staffing and so forth. So um, certainly, uh, uh, I think by the end of June, which is when uh, we hope to have the, the entire project finished, but an exact date, we don't know. Well, thank you for your persistence, both of you and, and the committee on this, because this has been like, I know, like 13 years. So <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> My wife thank you attest. for all your support. My wife can attest that there were people Bike, walkers, bikers, and a couple of horses using it yesterday. So even if it's not finished yet, it is being used. That's great. Thank you. And yeah, <laughs> I know people out there. I don't think we're going to see back to the question. You know, what's the traffic going to be? I don't think it's going to be the midfield of the, the um, mid midtrail kind of traffic. So it'll be a little. As long as the lights aren't blinking all the time, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, next, uh, we're here to discuss uh, Long Meadow neighborhood access to the Medfield State Hospital. In particular, uh, we're talking about one piece of town-owned land uh, where there's currently a couple of rocks or rock wall across it that would otherwise afford access from the neighborhood to the state hospital property. So someone here to speak to this initially or... I had, I had sent a letter to you today that came from Sarah Lemke mm -hmm. asking uh, the Board of Selectmen to allow access through that rock wall. Uh, I believe there are some people in attendance uh, to speak on both sides of the issue. Okay. Well, if anyone would like to speak of this issue, Peter Gast, do you want to give any preliminary comments or do you want to hear from folks first? Uh, I actually would like to hear from folks first. It seems strikes me that from what I've seen, this is actually a legal question 
in terms of what the real circumstance is. So I'd like to kind of understand what, why there's a controversy at all right now. I'd like to speak, just head up there and identify yourself where you live sure. and who you are. Hi, I'm Paul Mason. I live on two Long Meadow Road, um, lived there 22 years. Um, there was a path, but it was on a person's property. Uh, that property has since been purchased uh, by somebody else who is concerned from a legal standpoint of somebody falling or tripping on their property. So, and, you know, we're fine. I've talked to a number of dog walkers. That's where we go up and walk our dogs around the Medfield uh, State Hospital. So it, we're fine there. And on the other side of the street, there's more property. And so, but there is, a, uh, and I've talked to uh, Matt, I believe it was, um, that there is property owned by Medfield that we'd be happy to walk through and not be on anybody's private property. And yes, there is a stone wall, but we've, we make our way over the stone wall with our dogs and, and um, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, we're just, we want to not impose impinge on any private property, just use the town's property that's there for us. That's all. So we actually have a new path that is on town property. Now it's, and it's, you know, when I looked at that recently, I said, well, this, this is fine. This, this works for us. It's no different than the other path. It's just in the right spot. So you want the stones moved? Um, well, that was something that we, we stones? that was, you know, uh, strong winds sometimes knock them over, you know, um, <laughs> people stumble and they fall, you know, so, uh, it would be great, but you know, if that's going to hold us up, then, then um, it would be nice to have a safe place to walk across and not have to go over that. I mean, we've had, there are women who have children in strollers that have lifted their carriage up over the stone wall to go walk around the hospital because there's a great access for us, you know, as long as you don't put a road through to there, that's our bigger concern than the neighborhood. But uh, yeah, uh, the path is, is all we're looking for, you know, just an, a right of way, quite frankly. Okay. Thank you. So just a Quick question. Right yeah, the absolutely. path has been relocated. It's been relocated, to yes. The, to land that everyone agrees is town-owned. Well, certainly it's outside the person's property because they've put stakes in and they've put a orange fence in that shows their property line. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we've talked to the owner and he mm -hmm. said, we'd be ha I'd be happy to help you with a different path, just not on my mm -hmm. property because my lawyer is telling me not to have anybody cross my property. Mm -hmm. Mr. Sorrell. So when this was brought to my attention, uh, I asked uh, Nick uh, to do some research and uh, with, the, with the staff people, we found the uh, formal road acceptance back in the 70s. And uh, the acceptance consists, and he blew it up at my request. I don't know, do, you, do they have copies of the blow-up? So this is, this is the blow-up. So the cul-de-sac, uh, the town not only accepted the cul-de-sac, but they accepted to the station, which is right along the property line. Mm -hmm. So this little stub is town-owned as well. Uh, so, and obviously since we now acquired the other side, yeah. the state hospital side, it's all town-owned. If you wanted to make some modifications to that, you would be free to do so within that public layout. Uh I didn't check. How wide is that? It's still, is it the width of the of Long Meadow? It's, it's, it's a width of Long Meadow, which is so, quite wide. And, yeah. so, and Long Meadow is straight. So if you sighted right down Long Meadow in the middle of the street and took it out to the stone wall. About 50 or the, feet. Yeah. 50 feet wide. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. If you what I'm getting at is if you if you took the center of Long Meadow and sighted right straight up to the, the property line with a hospital, precisely 25 feet on either side of that. If you've got your path inside of that, you're on town property. Correct. And that's kind of where you're pretty sure the path is, right? Yeah, now. right now it's on it's on one edge just because that's where it is, but it's within that 50 foot boundary. Yes, the new path. So is there any? Well, that's my question. Is there, is there a remaining? I'm good. Is there any remaining issue? So. My name is Jill Rodoster. I'm at 36 Long Meadow Road. My property actually abuts the state property. So I have been impacted by um, the pathway since it has been opened, at least over the last 20 years that I've been there. Um, and with the property now being redeveloped, it has opened up a lot of concerns and impacts for our property because we're dealing with dog walkers, not so much in our neighborhood. It has nothing to do with our neighborhood. We're open to having a pathway, letting the neighbors use it, but how do we control from the other side to bringing it back into our neighborhood? Because right now it's impacting animal control, police patrol, I have dogs running all of my property. I've actually put up, you know, with some instruction from animal control to put up a fencing because people are actually walking over my property into my front lawn. So we're dealing with that issue. Um, I'm not opposed to opening something for the neighborhood, but I also need to think about myself as an abutter because once the redevelopment does take place, what does that pose for our neighborhood bringing the community, you know, it's a, it's a two-sided pathway, the way I'm going to look at it, if we do an official opening. So I have some concerns for my own personal property, you know, whether it's safety or, you know, like I said, I have dog walkers that there's dogs nowhere to be, uh, the owners nowhere to be found, and I have dogs running through my yard. I have people walking through my front yard that have come over the rock wall. Um, not our neighbors. Everybody's been very respectful in that, but that poses a concern for me as being in a butter to um, so the you development. Up one? You're not one of. I'm the two, one of two houses. One of the two at the very I end of the cul-de-sac. Yes. Okay. I've been there okay. for 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. So right now we have a temporary fence to try to deter what's happening and has been happening since the pandemic. I think it's increased because of the amount of dog walkers there. Um, I did note that you, um, the town did post a lot of different um, off-leash. There's a lot of off-leash in this open area. Within the pod, you have to have a dog on leash, but it's not happening. So it's a, it's a major concern for us and our safety. And, you know, if we do decide to open this up as, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it. It's just I have to think about my own family life, my livelihood, and how that will impact me personally. Um, and safety-wise, we, you know, each season it brings a totally different, um, you know, I guess each season it brings something different to the cul-de-sac. We have kids, teenagers that are up there parking, trying to break into, you know, um, some of the buildings. There's been vandalism on my property. Um, I've had police there at night. I've had police running through my 
my property. So it, and it's not just Medfield, it's been Dover too. So there's, there's concerns for that. Um, and like I said, I'm not opposed to it, but to have something go straight up the middle, that will be so significant, a, a significant impact for me. And I know for the neighborhood, as we redevelop this hospital um, for 334, yeah. that's going to open this up to, you know, people coming and sharing our community. So, yeah, I don't, that's, I don't think no discussion about anything more than having kind of the informal kind of a path. Okay. It's already, there's nothing coming up. I don't think there's anything coming straight up the middle from either direction. Okay. I actually think when the hospital is redeveloped, because mm -hmm. people will be living there. Yes. Right now, it's kind of a nice dog walking place because it feels like you're in a town, but mm -hmm. only dogs are there. <laughs> but, dogs are there well, and not their owners. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're, we're dealing with. You, Bill brought the same thing up with dogs that are running so far loose that they get, they, they're not even staying on the hospital property. They're coming no, out. we've had dogs, stray dogs that we had, um, Jen Cronin from Animal Control come up and take them from our property to try to find owners. So that's what we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not opposed to opening up a pathway. It's just on the other side, what does it look like to the community? And it's gonna be inviting. So that's really where our stance is yeah. and concerns. So, and, and you have kids that actually go and, and one thing I, I, I took a drive there today just so yes. I knew what we were talking about. You must be the ones that have the no parking sign up there. I assume we do right, because the of there's, you know, there was actually, they were doing work on a pole and some of the people that were working there could not get in because people were parking. We had dog walkers from all surrounding towns. Um, I'm surprised they dogs they, running. They actually go to the cul de sac. They go to the cul de sac. Jen Cronin can, we have like 10 dogs at a time running and it's unfor it's been unfortunate. It's not our neighbors. It's not. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize yeah. that. I mean, it's, I realized you, yeah, well, but I, I, I didn't realize people were using us. that as, a, as an offloading point to get mm -hmm. onto the hospital. Uh, okay. So those are our concerns. Each season it poses. Right. We don't expect them to because they don't live up there. Just like I wouldn't know what was going on right. on another street. But that's what we're dealing with right. on a day to day basis. Yeah. We'd be okay. We'd be happy with it. But. And it's dog been walking. it's been dog walkers from Canton. I've had Westwood. We've had Rhode Island people. We've had Rhode Island people out there. It's been it's been an interesting. So I. And it, it does pose a safety issue because these kids are flying down the street. These young kids 
our children are, we're, we're done. My kids are gone. <laughs> my, our kids are 22, 21, but for, you know, it poses a lot of concerns, safety. Concerns. I think there's like three things here. One is yes. just basic access mm -hmm. on town property to get to the state hospital. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that should continue. Mm -hmm. The second is a, is an issue that we're trying to figure out how to balance on the state hospital sure. property around people who want to let dogs run free. Mm -hmm. uh, I think some of that was going to that the intensity is going to go away once the property is redeveloped right. because they won't. It's just sure. be able to do it. Yes, but right now it's a problem. And then so initially it was a lot of people like to walk in the quad, so control it there. Right, and with the idea that dog people could let their dogs loose in the back, mm -hmm. but if they can't even keep track of or keep control of their dogs in the back. And I know I've, you've, you brought this up, Bill, but uh, I don't have a quick answer on that one. And then but the third I, one is mm -hmm. simply kids finding a place to go do the stuff that kids like mm -hmm. to do. Uh, and each season brings it. Season. No, people it's each season. Which I'm sure you have. People coming from all over but, yeah. to get in there. And they're not going through the main entrance and off the road. They're not up on yeah. yeah, Although I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's, I don't think there's as much of that now, is there? It has slowed down. Yes, it has slowed down. Pandemics brought a monkey wrench into it, but we'll see. Coming this spring. Yeah, summer's coming. School's out. Thank you. Good to pause for one. Thank you very much. Thank you. You got a Jay Woodhull. You're going to promote Jay Woodhull. Pete, sorry. So I had a couple questions for you and a couple comments. I just wanted to make sure that I understand you're the house that, that is at the water tower. You're at the top of yes. the long meadow. Yes. Okay. But on the opposite side from the I path. Am. Yes. And you guys don't object to the path? We don't object to the path. Yeah, okay. It's just what so, we, for the neighborhood. For the neighborhood. <laughs> and so that I think that I, yeah. people aren't going to be coming out of the hospital into your neighborhood because they don't go to the hospital to walk through your neighborhood, I don't think. Um, so I think that I, I I think that mm -hmm. I agree with Gus that once it gets developed, I think there's going to be a lot less traffic because the, the sort of the wild west of dogs up there is not going to continue. Uh, I don't think the, the uh, people that live there mm -hmm. will put up with it. I think the town should be looking at that and, and trying mm -hmm. to figure out a better control system now. Sure. Um, we've got, I think uh, uh, we were working on a dog bylaw for the annual town meeting. I don't know whether. Just for the state hospital problem. Um, okay because of the fact that the, you know so many dogs and people are getting mm -hmm. attacked and bitten up there yes. um, and no one pays attention to the leash law as you said right uh, inside the quad and mm -hmm. so it, it is sort of like the wild west for dogs up there and there are tons of, of dog walkers coming professional dog walkers using yes. it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that ultimately it's going to get solved by the development and, and mm -hmm. um, but you have an immediate problem with people parking there the town can make that area no parking. You, you might want to think about that. That was done a while ago over on Evergreen because the, the mm -hmm. Dover Sherburne kids were parking on Evergreen to walk to Dover Sherburne. And that was able to be discouraged uh, mm -hmm. over there. Um, I wouldn't but, say residential parking or, you know, I don't want to go against my neighborhood either if they want to pull up or someone has a disability you want well, you want to provide them access yeah, i would want that for myself if i lived on evergreen or i just want to be fair yeah, your, and, your neighbor from two houses down is not going to come and park in front of your house right, um, right. so it's going to be somebody that's coming from out of the neighborhood yes. that's going to be parking mm -hmm. in front of your house probably. right so right. it's you know it's, it's, it's something for you to think about as a sure. solution 
Mm -hmm. is all I'm suggesting. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm all in favor of something to uh, uh, manage our dog issue at the hospital better because I think it's it's a, a little out of That's control. That's the biggest issue. Right? Yeah, As that is. Right now, that is the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I it's... can't let my we tie out eight pound dog. I have to tie tie her up, but I can't let her sit out there because I don't know who's coming over the wall. There were times I couldn't even get out of my house because of the dog walkers. They were at my front door. So it's that's that's what we're dealing with and what we're concerned yeah, I'm, about. I'm really not sorry the to hear that you're dealing with so much. Yeah. It's very distressing actually to hear what you yeah. have reported. So. Yeah. Yeah. We've been silent. <laughs> Back yet, you're an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. that last summer. Mm -hmm. that, that is discouraging. Mm -hmm. so no one understands that unless you're, we're up there in that. We didn't, because it's a cul de sac and a quiet mm -hmm. On the other hand, though, if there was a clear path, there would be less of a reason to go through your backyard. If you had a clear path, people know this is where you go through, there's no need to wander anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Right? So if, if the people are going through your backyard because they think that's the cutoff. The way to get to the hospital. Yeah, I don't think they're going through this backyard. They're cut off. Yeah. What was the old couple? The old couple. People get lost up there. They walked in. I know. They walked right up my driveway. I was like, is everything okay? But. Because if you're up it's... there, just when they did the, um, I think it was from the water towel piping, <laughs> the way they graded it, it looks like an entrance. Mm -hmm. This was our problem. So people, people oh. watch people walk through our backyard. You know, on some long metal. Mm -hmm. I have, I mean, you know, I have put no trespassing signs. It doesn't work. I had a guy walk through my yard last Friday, right mm -hmm. past my fences that I had. Walked onto my yard. Front yard. Middle, he put a little path to stand out. He went right around my fences, jumped the wall. I had to turn around, come back, and tell him, hey, "You're on private property." Mm -hmm. He was from Dola. Like, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying. No question about it. It's not Medfield. Yeah. It's not our neighbors. It's not our community. So to Pete's point, uh, I think I may have to take some responsibility for that article that he was talking about. I'm the, I think I'm the, the guy that pushed that on there. Uh, oh, I want that too, Gus. I want huh? that. Well, I, I, I think I've been more, characteristically, I've been more obnoxious about things I push for than Pete. He's a lot nicer. Um, the reason I bring that up is that I, I recognize I need to take some initiative on this to get probably with uh, Jen and John uh, and anyone else who has input. So the reason I'm bringing this up is mm -hmm. if there's, like some of this I had no, I, I've heard from Bill about yes. a dog getting mm -hmm. in and getting to people's chickens. I haven't heard about so many dogs you can't get out of mm -hmm. your house. Mm -hmm. That's a little different. Um, we we talked about two things as a result of, of an incident that occurred up there about six months ago with some ladies that were out walking. The, dog, the leash issue inside the quad, the signs showed up there, but we still have the problem of enforcement. So that's why the bylaw needs to partially give the town the power to enforce things. Mm -hmm. The other idea that we talked about, and what we're trying to do is find a balance between requiring leashes 
at certain spots on the hospital versus people who want to let their dogs run. Because most people that want to run their, have their dogs run. The dogs are nice, Mm -hmm. the people are nice and they take care of it. We didn't want to just kind of clamp some absolute leash requirement down. On the other hand, uh, I guess I would appreciate hearing just your thoughts about what the right, you know, what you would like to see or what, what you think might work because maybe we, maybe we have to make, you know, the, the, the side of the hospital that's adjacent to the residences, maybe that's also leash only between us and the, the road going down to the mm-hmm. Dover Sherborne High School. So you, mm-hmm. anything on the riverside is okay. Everything on that side is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, other, the other thing we've talked about is having a mandatory reporting re- requirement. So any incident, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, between two people, a mm-hmm. dog owner and someone else, if either one of those people feels that an incident needs to be reported. doesn't mean it's, you know, a, a violation or anything, but if mm-hmm. there's something that comes up and either person wants it to be reported, it's kind of like an accident. You exchange yes. names, addresses, name of dog, all that stuff, and it all gets filed and put probably in a box somewhere there on the site mm-hmm. so that the animal control officer can look at it and, and can kind of follow up and investigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone doesn't isn't willing to do that, then what happens is you wind up giving them a letter of disinvite and say, don't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the thread. It's kind of a, the hope really is with the reporting mechanism, mm-hmm. people will be more responsible when they know that anybody they run across, you know, justified or not can demand a report go in. Then if you got some, you know, repetitive people, okay. their name keeps showing up and mm-hmm. one way or the other we find it. I don't know, you know, that's at least the idea that's been out there. We just haven't figured out how to put it together. We could just pause for a second. Jay, we've heard Jay Woodhull has been waiting for a while. Mm-hmm. Zoom lands. Um, thank, thank you. You just unmute and uh, state your name and where you live, please. Yes, this is John Woodhull. I live at 160 Harding Street in Medfield. Are you hearing me now? We are hearing you. Okay, good. Um, I I walk through the path that we've been talking about most days from Harding Street into the State Hospital property. And I I have a couple different comments, I guess. One would be is that in the on-leash area it's rare to see a dog on a leash in the on leash area you know once in a while you do but um most of them even in the leash area are not on leash so that i I think your regulation is getting uh, neglected most of the time i don't own a dog i i don't walk with a dog um and then the other thing i would say would be is that as far as the uh opening in the wall that we now have that's the i I call it the, the new opening it would be good if there's anyone in the room who's been refilling that in with stones when we take them out, if they would stop doing that, uh, because we'd like to be able to maintain that opening so that old guys like me can get through. Those are my only comments. But the, the pattern has been that I move stones, make an opening, and then the stones get moved back to try and build the wall up again. And if we could avoid doing that, that would be good. Thank you. So, so I would just add that my, my solution would be a, a permitting system. I wouldn't let people park at the hospital unless they had a permit from the town of Medfield. 
And if they wanted to walk a dog, I would want the information about their dog. And I would have them pay a fee to be able to walk their dog at the state hospital. I would have information so I could find the dog when it bites another dog. There's a dog in quarantine now because the owner uh, uh, of the dog won't come forward and, and acknowledge whether or not his dog had rabies shots. Um, yeah, there's a licensing. If you want to, if you want to use it, you'd have to get a permit, and, and you know it's not going to be expensive. But then, if you're if you're a professional dog walker and you're bringing eight dogs at a time, there would be a different fee. There would be a, a more expensive fee. We already pay a dog fee. That's why we pay a licensing fee. So to me, it's like I mean, that's that's town-owned open space right now. So we don't charge people to walk on that common to do certain things. So well, I for, question why we're going. Yeah, for me, I lean. For me, it's anybody who's going to want to go up there and walk has to have a separate permit for the hospital. I would probably have everybody have a, a, a requirement to have a parking sticker to park at the hospital. And then we'd know who's there and-, and uh, Parking sticker I get, so you can see quickly where like there's a car, is a mental sticker is not out of town. But then you start to charge people to walk up there. You know, I, I won't go there's a lot of- there's a lot of cost involved with all the dog walking that goes there. I mean, I don't know if you've been up there to see the, the, the this the weekend, the, the, the dog poop was just overflowing out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the trash bags up there. Right, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to cabin this back to the agenda item here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we can, we can get to the solving the dog problem up at state hospital, which we've been solving for about 10 years and we continue solving that. For the next so that's years. how we have a good um, attendance at our annual town meeting. Yeah. But so, <laughs> Here's, here's what I would say, though, about so this true. question. I mean, it seems to me, I, I get all your concerns, which a lot of it are a combination of manners and law enforcement, right? They're not really, I don't think it's really related to the path. I don't think the stone wall, one way or the other, is going to keep people right. from wandering your backyard. It's not going to keep, you know, rowdy gangs of teenagers from doing what they're doing. And I understand. I, I live on a, on a busy street. I've got a town easement park in front of my house. I get a wonderful collection of beer cans and nips and things and whatnot in my yard. Um, you know, every so often, occasionally there's a truck in that yard, whatever happens, happens. But so I get I get the frustration. Um, but I mean, this Longwood is a public way, correct? So it's a public road, park in public roads. This is town-owned land that people should be able to walk across to get to another piece of town-owned land. So it seems to me we ought to have an opening that remains open on that path. People should not have to, it should not be limited to just people who are able to clamber over the wall right. or lift their strollers over the wall. It seems like it's not too much to ask to have a 10 foot opening there. And then I think in terms of the kind of stuff that you're seeing, if, you know, if we could add this to the list of areas for additional police patrol from time to time, at the particular times that it's particularly bad, you know, your point, Pete, with the parking for, if there's times where it's overwhelmed, the problem is you sort of overregulate and put up more signs when your neighbors has a party Suddenly, people are parking in the street because there's a party. Are we going to you know, call those cars in because they're there? And do you know somebody on the street or not? I mean, it's very hard to kind of police those kinds of restrictions, which again are a lot of are really a matter of manners, uh, I think. And I think the issue with the braiding of the water tower looking like it's a path into your yard that might be something that I'll have Mo take a look. We could look at and see if there's a way to make it because that that you know that would make sense if they grade it in such a way that now it looks like it's a continuation of the hospital. We might be able to something there that will really shun people into the path, right? Just walk through the path as opposed to wandering around. Um, but I, th I think that's where I'm at. Is there any particular vote we need to take on this question? Sure, Bill. We're gonna have to go to the you're gonna have to go to the podium. I've let two people speak without microphones so far, but I'm not going to you. So.
We're getting some negative feedback on that, by the way. <laughs> that no one can hear what anybody's saying? That's usually, usually get a positive. So I, missed, I missed the portable mic. What happened? Yeah. Um, we thought it would be a deterrent. To you this, this, this is really more related to the next item on the agenda, but I just wanted to point out that as part of the RFP process, when we went out for the hospital and everything else, there was a whole section on access and easements to the property and everything else. So I just would ask that you consider whatever, whatever you do, if you open that up, is it an, if, if it is an easement, you should decide whether you need to. Well, it's an access though. I mean, it's a, we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't need an easement because we actually own the property. All right, but it's an access. It will be an access to the Trinity property. And all I'm asking is that you at least explore it initially, whether you should, as part of your process in the, uh, the, the PDA or in the LDA, at least identify that as an, uh, as an access or not. I, I mean, it's a simple, I think it's a simple, simple request. Uh, just, just just keep in mind that you've 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 put another entrance into the hospital property that's not there now and was not revealed to uh to trinity when you uh but sent the rfp out not, we're not putting an entrance into the of course it is property it's town property that connects to more town property and people walk it's town property it. that connects to prop connects just like the town property that connects to the state uh, I'm just saying, just to just consider whether it should be identified or not. I think it's a pretty simple request. Thank you. Thank you. All right. One one comment here from Brittany Hardiman. Uh, she notes, "Sorry, if this is a long debated issue, but how about a dog park in Medfield State Hospital that is a fenced but large a large space, as opposed to the dog park that is Medfield State Hospital." <laughs> I was going to say, define large. <laughs> we have an 87 acre dog park at the moment, right, but not fenced it. So, something to consider. So, I just think if you're, are you going to ask DPW to remove stones? I think I think they should remove I, the stones. Okay, Mo's going to want to vote on that before he goes out there to okay. remove the stones. I want to ask a question first because there's, I guess we could make this a formal entrance that would attract more people by putting stones out and putting maybe stones that would make better footing. Maybe we could even have a sign that it's a pedestrian entrance. And I'm looking flashing at this. Lights? I've been, I've been, <laughs> flashing lights. I've been, I've been, you know, you've been, you said 22 years I've been here, 22, I've been here 27 years. I know about that path for 27 years. It's never bothered me that it was a really informal path, just like the one up at the town line that you can use to get back inside there. There's a path there. It's a really nice path, but trying to make it a formal entrance, I would think would be a mistake because the local folks know how to get there. There's no reason to make it more apparent to people who don't know how to get there. I think the only so, solution might be just to remove the rocks. And it sounds like the residents are doing a pretty good job of managing that on their own. No, I think some residents are moving them and other residents are going to have well, so, so I think what they're looking at is intimidating as Mo is. I don't know that that's going to matter. Well, I think if, if, if the town removes them, I think that would be a statement that the town wants them to remove our property. I don't know if other people going to be 10 feet either. I mean, no, no, no. Maybe four five. This is how we keep down the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I would like to uh, oppose is to put it 
right down the middle because then that is open to the visibility of you know the state hospital looking in so wherever we have this new pathway it's clearly inconspicuous to us that we don't see it mm -hmm. and nobody else on the other side has I guess broken through there. Yet? If you put I'm it at sure. an angle so that it, it so you don't see it when you're right. looking down from the hospital. Right. Like that's it's it's it is okay. There is so there okay. already is a relocated so path that's kind of done okay. that. It's so, in the middle, it's on the edge. Okay. It's an angle. Okay. It's like, that, it's like right. as long as you can get in. All right. I'm good with that. All right. We, might want to we don't usually yeah. make this pro much progress this fast in these meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should give them all a formal vote that we want to keep it. In other words, yeah. we want the to give it. For the, for the, or the neighbors can remove it, but we're saying the people who are removing it are doing what we want them to do. And the people who are putting it back aren't doing what we want them to do. We I want, will want them to open. So if, whether it's Mo, whether it's a coalition of help neighbors and moms with strollers or whatever, whatever it is, but we're saying we own the property. And so right now there's a little back and forth between people okay. removing the rocks and putting the rocks back. Let me try this out. So. I, I move that we reestablish the path at the end of Long Longmeadow uh, to be on town-owned property uh, in the general location where that path has relocated itself. And should the residents of the Longmeadow area have the need of DPW support in their efforts to Create that path, we would have DPW provide that support if that is needed. Perfect. Is that good? I'm getting all nods of yes. I never get this many nods. Yeah, it's Do we want anything about booby traps that only the local neighbors know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that for the exact Okay, we'll let those kids from Dover, they, those kids from Dover have bad taste in wine too, incidentally, all of them. Um, do we have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Well, that, that's crystal clear guidance from Owen. Yeah. Putting <laughs> that together, you cannot, there's, there's no leakage in that motion whatsoever. Well done. All right. You uh, all realize this is Mike's last meeting. It was a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, next, we have uh, discuss and potential vote to a good critique we promote, Todd. Yes. And whoever else is going to. So this. Just so everyone knows, this discussion has a hard stop at nine o'clock. So we only have 62 minutes to discuss this next agenda item. Um, I hope we don't need that much time, but if we do, that's all there's going to be uh, for this one. So anyway, this is a discussion potential vote to approve and sign the provisional designation agreement with Trinity Acquisitions LLC. The provisional designation agreement will start the due diligence period related to Trinity's proposed redevelopment of Medfield State Hospital. Um, one thing to note at the outset, um, I was asked to note that um, in this agreement, which we're proposing to sign tonight, it defines the project area as essentially the full hospital campus. We have agreed with uh, Trinity that the town is going to hold on to the green, the arboretum, and the north field, um, but we don't have the requisite surveying actual meets and bounds, correct, to have a new map. We need a new map. We need a new map, yeah. and, and Trinity would like to have some further discussion further about discussion. it, but we've right. made our clear our position. We've made our clear. We want to take those out. They're aware of that position. It's going to go in as it is now. The expectation is that's going to be further discussed in the next round. But um, so I, that was, I was asked by Todd to note that. Todd, welcome. How are you? Good evening. I'm well, thank you. California looks great. Yeah, can't you tell? It's beautiful. Terrific. 
can tell. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's 74 degrees right. inside my hotel room. <laughs> All right. What do you have? What do you have? Any opening remarks here? Any opening comments? Well, I would just say, uh, you know, you'll recall back in November, uh, the selectmen designated the Trinity proposal as most advantageous and authorized the development committee to begin work on the preliminary agreement with Trinity. And, you know, that agreement is designed to, you know, get to due diligence and open up a, you know, a months long process of increased due diligence by Trinity and by the town, you know, leading up to a special town meeting where the people of the town can vote on the disposition question. So I would say it's taken us longer to get to this point, even though it's preliminary, there's been some very deliberate legal work, you know, both on behalf of the town and on behalf of Trinity. And, you know, I think all parties are, are ready to go um, once this can be executed. Trinity has lined up all of their technical experts and is eager to get started on their next phase. On the development committee side, uh, we have some experts of our own. We've got uh, a communications and information plan that we've worked out to make sure people in town understand you know, what's happening over the next few months and, and uh, you know, potentially town meeting in June. And um, you know, we're all ready to go once the agreement can be signed. Thank you, Pete. Uh, comments or questions? Uh, nothing at this point. No, Todd, I do, I do, um, and I, I had I had more time today, I would it probably wouldn't done me any good if you're in California. But I had actually wanted to try to just connect with you before this meeting to make sure I understood some things in my head. Um, Bill Massaro had done some reviews of the PDA and sent some uh, questions, and even though I didn't incorporate all of what you sent, Bill. Uh, the one thing that prompted me to do was to step back and read the PDA yet again, very slowly. Uh, and I realized when I read it, there's a good chance that as I've explained this process and how it works and how it links with the special town meeting, I may not have represented the situation quite as clearly. I thought I was representing it as I clearly understood it. And I realized maybe I didn't clearly understand it quite as well as I thought I did. Uh, so let me just walk through this process. I'm doing this for everybody that's listening here with the, to confirm my understanding and or to get your refinement. We're doing a PDA right now in order to authorize the Trinity to conduct the due diligence to dig down into more details, deeper than what they were able to determine when they first submitted their proposal the proposal that we accepted and caused them to be our preferred uh, developer for this effort. In the due diligence process, Trinity is going to obviously be able to dig deeper into things, learn more about the specifics on the site. And coming out of that, they may have some refined thinking about what it is they're proposing to do or the conditions that they're willing to do it under based on the fact that they're smarter now after having done due diligence than they were when they first submitted the proposal. As part of all that, both we and Trinity have put in a couple of reservations about things that we want to be able to uh, adjust or negotiate before we get to a final agreement. Things like what, what land actually gets transferred. Uh, for them, it could have to do with infrastructure costs or, or what it could be anything. 
the PDA is what allows them to have access to the site to do the due diligence now, but prior, this is the part that I hadn't fully appreciated, prior to the special town meeting where the, the voters, taxpayers will be asked to approve the disposition of this land, we will have already negotiated the final LDA, the land distribution agreement with Trinity. That's what it says in the PDA. And that's the thing I hadn't fully appreciated. What I think I understand now that I've read the PDA slowly is that there is not a second refined proposal that will be submitted by Trinity. There is not a, another separate contract that kind of goes with the LDA that kind of comes to the final terms of our agreement. The LDA itself is our final agreement with Trinity and should the taxpayers at the special town meeting vote to approve the disposition of the land, Trinity that will then be in a position to move ahead with the development that it's proposed as revised or further clarified by the terms that we agreed to in the LDA. If I got that right. Yes, uh, you know, I think they understand, they're very experienced with this. If there are you know, uh, adjustments that come out of town meeting, for example, that would need to be made to the LDA. I think they, you know, there's a period for addressing that. Okay, but but, but my point is the final LDA, as the PDA calls out, is the is the one we go into the town meeting with. Those adjustments that would come out after the town meeting are not an extended negotiation for us to sit down and potentially redefine the project. Those adjustments would be things that would come out of the discussions during the town meeting that would raise issues that the town wants dealt with that we would figure out how to deal with. Correct. Okay. And then, you know, and I don't know if this is where you're going, but I mean that the property does not get then transferred to Trinity, you know, the day after special town meeting, if it were to pass, I mean, that opens up a permitting process, which, you know, Nick can probably speak better to than I can, but is, you know, probably 18 months of, getting approval. So uh, I, I would presume that the question for town meeting would be framed in such a way as, you know, what would be voted on would be, uh, you know, development of the project in accordance with the proposal and the LDA. Yeah, I think so so it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not a transfer of the property to them and then it's, you know, they see how it goes. I mean, it's, you're then starting a permitting process, which is, you know, the same as any other development town would need to go undertake and would be public meetings, et cetera. Right, and if it, for some reason it fell through after that point, the authorization would expire. So wouldn't right. it be like there'd be a continuing to dispose of the, of the land and be, you have to negotiate a new deal with somebody else. Right. Typically right. the town meeting will <clears throat> authorize the board of selectmen to do it. So frankly, according to certain terms. And, well, yeah. yeah. And uh, frankly, that's all Tommy and Ken do. They can't direct the Board of Selectmen. The Board of Selectmen on a land deal are free to do it or not on their own determination of what's in the town's best interest. Yep. So it's just the authority to do it. I think where I got cross-threaded my own representation of this to a few people is the technical article is the town authorizing the Selectmen to sell the land uh, and I'd heard comments made about, well, the town will decide whether they want to accept the proposal. And it's not, 
Exactly. That's that's not exactly what the vote is, although your decision about whether you'll authorize the town to sell the land is going to be reflecting your opinion of the proposal. So well, it's, they, it's you a can have a blanket debate. authority or you can have a very specific condition right. authority. You know, right. I'm guessing it's going to be more the latter. Right. Right. Okay. That's it. Yep. Comments? Mr. Massaro? You can identify yourself from where you live, please. Yes. I neglected to ask you to do that the last time. I don't live on Longmeadow. <laughs> However, I live on uh, 36 Evergreen Way, Bomasaro. I'm a resident of the town for 45 years, and I'm um, butter of the hospital property. I've been very involved in just about any everything uh, that that relates to the hospital. I mean, the uh, the original uh, environmental issues to get them cleaned up. Uh, you wouldn't have the uh, overlook uh, if it weren't for my efforts and my insistence with the state. Uh, I will start right out by saying that I have never been against development. My position has always been that the voters of the town be presented with sufficient information to make their judgments. And whatever the town decides, uh, you know, that's that's what we'll live with. Um, excuse me, I just dropped about 47 pages. but. This is, this is what happens when you don't staple, staple something before you get up to the, to the lectern. Um, so I had many comments on the um, PDA. Um, most of them are based on the fact that it appears to have been written in December and nobody's gone back to look at it first and change the dates and change whatever actions may have occurred since then. I have a couple of issues mostly with the contradictions or confusion that Gus, you just talked about some of them as to what events are going to happen and what events the town is going to have the opportunity to vote on. And there, there are discrepancies or contradictions between some of the language that's in there. They talk about this is going to be done before conveyance. This is going to be done before this. This is going to be done before that. None of it ties together and there was no schedule of events. So one of the things I think I'd like to see, and I think the townspeople would like to see, is what is the schedule of events? Which ones in particular are, are the, is the town going to vote on? And what is it going to allow? So one of the things that struck me as I looked at it was, if I understand what I'm reading, essentially the town will get one shot at the LDA that will authorize the selectmen to sell. It's not clear that negotiations will have been finished, at least the major negotiations will have been finished with Trinity before it comes to town meeting. And that any discussions that happen afterwards that might be significant discussions with Trinity, the town will never see again. The property will go forward for conveyance. Well, I, I think the agreement presumes that the LDA is negotiated and held in escrow at the time of town meeting. So I think that if, if it's not negotiation, again, this is just spouting off so I have no responsibility for it whatsoever. Well, you'll be voting on it uh, as a uh, as a resident. Yeah, that's easy. Um, so I would assume that if the LDA is not complete at the time, there won't be a position to have a town meeting at that point. So I, mean, I think the idea is there's a complete agreement that contains all of those terms. I'd, I'd like to finished and is available for review at the time. Of the I'd like to see the schedule laid out as to what the events are and who's who has the the opportunity to to react, comment, or vote on those particular events. Uh, 
Now it was not in the PDA. There was no schedule in the PDA. So, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I'm not looking for the answer now. I'd like to see the answer before I, you know. Todd, I was thinking maybe the information sessions that are, I'm not even, Bill, I'm not even sure what schedule you're looking for in the sense that between now and the special town meeting, there's only a couple of formal steps, but there's scheduled, the development committee has sessions planned that are information sessions. So that's part of what you're asking. So yeah, and one of the things, for example, you have an information a session scheduled on the, um, on the 6th of April, I believe, tentatively, if that was what was discussed, I think, at the last meeting. Um, one of the first questions I had was, will the LDA be signed, I mean, the PDA, excuse me, will the PDA be signed before that, that meeting? And I, I see head shaking that say, yes, it will. The plan is to sign tonight. Um, okay. As reflected on the agenda. So you've seen my questions. I mean, I, I would like to have seen some clarifications and some answers on those. I think there are some fairly significant issues um, that have not yet been addressed. And I wasn't prepared to talk about them all tonight, but um, one of the things I'm concerned about with conveyance is that you'll be, you'll be authorized to convey the property before we know what the final, final deal looks like. No. No. Final deal is the LDA, the land disposition agreement. So we will see the land disposition agreement at that at a special town meeting, at that same special town meeting. Mm -hmm. If I understood what I read correctly, the um, the developer will also present his um, plan. That's what it says. The developer will present his plan at town meeting. You see where I'm struggling. I mean, it's well, this, this, there seems to be contradictions, and it, it, well, the LDA reflects the plan, and the agreement. Presumably, the developer's plan is going to be presented to the town meeting. For the way the PDA, PDA is written, the developer will be presenting at the town meeting. Right. And it's a special town meeting; it's not the annual town meeting. No, I understand. Still scheduled for roughly in the fall. Is that what the uh, current June, plan is? We're shooting for the end of June for approval of the land disposition agreement. So you're going to get the land disposition agreement done between now and and due diligence and- Correct me, Mark, if I'm wrong, you're not, the voters are not voting to approve the land disposition agreement. They're voting to approve a, a land disposition article authorizing. So the, the, the LDA is a negotiation between the town and the developer that LDA will be finalized before the special town meeting. The article before the voters at the special town meeting will be to authorize the, uh, the disposition of the land. It's not we vote for the LDA. No, but it, it, again, you're gonna write the article, but the article can say consistent with the LDA. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. It's not a blanket you can sell. You can't turn around the next day and sell it to somebody approved, else right, for a different right. plan at a different correct. price. It's going to be the deal that's reflected in the LDA. So, so two points. First to that one, we've had the experience with uh, the several properties on Ice House Road and limited authorization and the fact that you, the Board of Selectmen, didn't have sufficient authorization, we had to go back. So that's analogous. Mm -hmm. Secondly, my major contribution to this is paragraph 22, uh, where I wanted to make it very clear that this is a preliminary document and the town's obligations are very limited 
and was contemplated that there would be an LDA, which would be the final, final operative document. And the town's obligation was simply to act in good faith to try to make that happen. So uh, this is a preliminary document. <laughs> So one of the one of the questions I had in uh, in my my list of comments here was, I was very happy by the way to hear about the retention of the of the property. I mean that's one of the things that I've been arguing. You know the the three areas. It's one of the things I've been arguing for is just to keep it, at least for the advantage of the town as opposed to the advantage of the developer who wasn't proposing to use it at the time. Um, there is language in there, however, that limits the use of that property, and I would I would hope that we would have looked at that at that language. So you may have it retained by the town, but there were conditions in there as to what the town can do with the property. And I would- And there's zoning limitations too. Yeah. So there are, so- um, I mean, are, are you talking about the limitations like the town will do something with that property that will undermine the project itself? Yeah. It's like, that didn't seem like- a, No, that's not exactly what it says. What it says is you'll, 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 you'll conform with the existing, with the existing zoning. So, doesn't say zoning, it's just the zoning bylaw. The intention is if the town were to do something else with it, as you'd have to comply. The town has the right to change yeah, the zoning. That's fine. Be, that was my question. It's not to tie it to the existing right. zoning as of today. And, and that was that was my question. That was one of my main questions related to that particular item. Um, and you can see it is not clear from the, Should I don't think from the language. That the town might do something that would imperil their tax credits. We, that we, that I, and that that was a separate clause. I did see that clause. But again, this particular clause just said in, in accordance with the zoning or whatever. And my question was, are we talking about the existing zoning? Or are we talking about, now I understand the existing zoning can be changed. You go before the planning board, whatever. Um, you, there'll be site plan reviews and everything else. I have no objection to that. I'm certainly, I mean, I, I just wanted to make sure we weren't Restricting the same, ourselves. The same question that occurred to you occurred to me when I read it. But when I read it, my interpretation was, yeah, you do what's consistent with the zoning, but zoning can be changed. So yeah, we I, had a different reaction. Even to what I, I, I tend to read contracts in my experience as to what might be misunderstood as opposed to that they're going to think like I thought when I wrote it or whatever. So I just, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. been my experience. Um, well, again, several of the suggestions that I made for what to approach during the negotiations that you have. Um, one of the issues I am concerned about is to not go in with a pre preset language that says we've accepted the maximum price or we recognize what the maximum price we're going to get is. And if because if you read the language, it's uh, I hesitate to say some of this stuff, but if you read the language that's in there right now, it essentially says we recognize that the price may be reduced. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction to that was, if you're going to say the price might be reduced, you should also hold out the opportunity that the price might be increased. There are opportunities in there to look at perhaps increasing the price. Uh, one of the things you found in your other uh, developers uh, review, or, or excuse me, his RFP response, was uh, his response to the question about is the number of affordable units, the 25% inclusionary, which is the current zoning requirement, is that driving the number of units that you've chosen? And the answer was, yes, it is. And if the number were reduced to fewer affordables, I could reduce to fewer market rate units. Mm -hmm. And I would have hoped that that, sim that same question would have been asked of um, uh, Trinity. 
at least be asked during the negotiation. So that all of your negotiations should not be at limiting the number of, or the amount of the reductions that you get, but it should also be looking for opportunities to raise the price that you're getting. You know, yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a reasonable response. One should not go into negotiations from the feeling that we're asking too much or, or that's more money than we ever dreamed we were going to get and we shouldn't go on and try to get a better price for it. You know what that property is worth for a different kind of development, which I think no one in their right mind would want, but it was, you know, I mean, People are going to have a chance to decide that. The they will. Yeah. They will. And again, that's, again, what I'm driving through was how many times do we get to see what's being presented? At what level is it being presented? Is there a, not, is there a, a yes or no choice before you're into the final LDA? And the answer, I guess, is no. Well, yes. There's a yes or no on the final LDA. But there's no, inter I mean, I was looking for an intermediate step. So I was hoping there would be intermediate steps. <clears throat> Todd, we, we're, we're, we're ignoring you and I guess you should- No, I'm just, I'm just listening. So uh, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have a lot to add. I think, you know, Bill, your comments are always helpful. I think for a project like this, I mean, there will be, you know, hearings on, uh, you know, the, you know, building this, you know, it'll be historic rehab, right? So aside from all the federal and state reviews, there will be local reviews. So I think, you know, realistically, one cannot get to the point where all of that is totally flushed out and vetted prior to giving site control uh, to a developer. So, uh, you know, I think the process we're using has been used in, in many other, uh, you know, situations like this to have a preliminary agreement that then gets flushed out over several months of due diligence so that a coherent proposal is being made at town meeting, you know, for a boat, whatever conditions may be attached to that boat. And if the vote is yes and the developer does what they said they were going to do, there's not really an opportunity to go back and say we changed our mind and the answer is no now. But there still will be an extensive permit. Any yes, but a per the permitting process will essentially probably will not affect the price that the town is getting. It'll not affect most of the things that are involved there. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's fine. That'll give residents the opportunity to realize what's going, what is going there, and, and what the you know, and, and speak against it. Perhaps modify some of the things that are being done and everything else. But in general, the shape of the deal will have already been made. Uh, you know, once special town meeting meets, I mean, it's it's pretty much a done deal, except for unforeseen circumstances or whatever happens with, and, and Trinity can always walk away too. I mean, I understand that. Bill, I don't know if this helped, it addresses your issue, and this is certainly a personal perspective, but the issue, the issue, or there's some formal things that if people want to challenge, you can go through permitting. You know, you can, there's steps that are the formal process, but I'm not sure if that's what you're asking exactly. Um, if we go to, when, when we go to the special town meeting, I think that the development committee will want to go into that special town meeting with a high degree of confidence that there's a really good chance that we'll get approval. So it's, it's not like, well, here's the formula. We do this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. And once that's done and the activity is 
checked off the box, then it's town meeting and we turn the eight ball up to see whether it says yes or no. I, I actually think, speaking for the development committee, but I think, I, I think I'm inbounds here, Todd. I think development committee is gonna be trying to sense what the views of the town are and is gonna be looking through the information sessions that we're scheduling and planning to hold that we're gonna to try to build a level of comfort that people understand as much as they wanna understand. That if there are any lingering serious doubts out there that we've at least done our level best to A, recognize them, address them, explain them. And, you know, in, a, in any town this big, not everybody is going to be in agreement with everything that we wind up with. But the point is, it's, you don't want to, you want to pull the trigger on that special town meeting until you're confident that you're going to get the positive response. So I think that's going to drive some of the things that you're looking to have be on a schedule, I think are going to be influenced by exactly where the town is at and what kind of feedback we get that gives us indications of how much effort we have to put into pedaling the bike uphill so by the time we get to special town as, meeting. As long as- also, It's also a two-way street, right? Because obviously Trinity is not going to remain tied up in this deal forever. Right. They're not going to say, man, if we're going to that deal's on the table for the next right. 10 years, right. you feel most comfortable just to go along with our mind. So it's, it's everything you say is true, and, and but at the same time, that's a business reality for them. We have to respect that they bid on this, and so and I think the reality is people will get an up or down vote on it. If they vote yes, it goes ahead. If you vote no, the 87 acre dog park continues for a while longer, and we move to something else. And it, it's, I think it's that's kind of how the process works, right? You the, oppose it and say you're against it. The no. question I've always had was the issues of transparency between the workings of the committee and the developer or whatever the project might be and everything else. And what is the public been informed of throughout that process other than simply a, a, a campaign to sway opinion as opposed to sitting there and just presenting information. Um, we always seem to wind up with simply a yes or no I mean, whether it's the school or whatever, whatever we've discussed winds up as a yes or no decision, whether it was the, uh, the town garage or whatever the alternatives. I don't see an alternative here. I mean, we, we certainly don't have an alternative for a developer. Have a no, no, but I, I guess I'm, I'm interested. You know, I mean, at some point, though, this, this is a complicated agreement that Trinity is proposing to do. We have to do the answer to the vote. And we're... And listen, so as complicated as it is, we're doing it in what, two months or three months? And we're making a decision that's that's affecting the town for the, the next 100 years. It's also at the end of a pretty long process. And the we're, wait, let me, wait, wait, please. And we're doing it with a series of meetings and public information meetings and hearings, whatever, what information sessions that are going to be conducted from June through August? Well, from April until June. Oh, sorry, April, yes. From April until June, okay. All right, fine. And All right, I'm sorry, I take that back. I also just wanna comment, um, Bill, and I don't know if your, your remarks were specifically addressing the development committee or not, but I mean, you know, because you've, you've attended all the meetings. No, they weren't, by the way, they weren't. Not specific, okay. no. 
So uh, I will just say, you know, for the, the record, um, it's important for us to conduct these sessions going forward, but we, you know, we've done our best thus far, including taking comments on the RFP, which is not, you know, was not required under the state's, you know, 30B rules. Um, and we also, you know, invited the public to the developer interviews and to comment on the proposals, which were posted on the town's website. And I'm certainly not saying it begins and ends there, but I, you know, I think we've been aware of the importance of this project to the town from the beginning. And, you know, Mike, we can joke about it because when you asked me to chair the committee, I said, okay, you know, six months, right? And now we're three years in. So, um, well, you, you forgive me, but seniority, I'm not, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't sway me. I, I'm entering my 13th year on the hospital here. So, I mean, I'd be more than happy to back out after two or three know, or four or whatever. I think there are some people who would be content to talk about what we might do at the hospital, for example, now until the rapture. But at some point, I think there are a lot of people in town who would like an opportunity to vote on yes or no on a specific project. But the reality is, and I'm going to let you go a little bit more again, we have to have talk. Um, but I, I think th this proposal that we're voting on is not kind of completely out of the blue, right? We got two proposals, um, both of which, frankly, you could have predicted five years ago is what the proposal would look like, right? A proposal that was going to save the buildings would not have a lot of other considerations coming to the town. That's a frankly tough project to save the buildings. And that most of the consideration of the town in that kind of a project is going to come in terms of moving the liability the ongoing ownership of the buildings, and then the, the architectural aesthetic historic benefit of maintaining the buildings, right? And that's exactly what we got. And we got another proposal that wouldn't maintain the buildings, that is vastly more lucrative, um, and that frankly is probably there at any time. And so it seems to me we had a town meeting vote four years ago, three years ago, 2019, <laughs> somewhere. No, the last, no, the, November 18th, 2019 for the zone. Three years ago, um, that passed. August 1st for the RFP, or August uh, for the RFP to come in last year. He's going to show him up. I just, uh, um, but that, um, that I think. I, I'm not whispering either, by the way. Fairly expressed a, an interest in a zoning bylaw that would, would permit a project that would make maintaining the campus and the building file. And that's what we have. And so now we're kind of at the next step of the process three years later um, to vote on that specific proposal. So I, I get it on, on all of this and everything you say is, is fair game. But I, I think, I don't think delaying signing this agreement or asking for a longer period of time, what we're hoping to do in terms of the special town meeting, I don't think there's any occasion to do that. So I, I'm just saying there's the potential to, to to relay a lot of information to the town between now and the town meeting. And I haven't seen a schedule for how many meetings are going to be. I haven't even seen a list. I would like to see a list of what the general topics are that are going to be discussed at some of those meetings. I mean, we're we going to get an update on what's what's been settled as you go forward in the uh, in the negotiations and in the, uh, the, the PDA. Are we going to find out, for example, if there's any issues that are that are affecting the price? Are we going to find out what happens with the firing range issue or whatever? Or do we have to wait until we get to the town meeting? And these are kinds of things that I think that, that, that citizens would like to know about. Bill, I'll, I'll challenge that. Um, you're in the 99th percentile of citizens who want to know about this. And, I, and I'm speaking because you may have been doing this for 13 years. 
I've been doing it for at least eight because like you, it's close to me and I, I got involved way back with the Warren Committee. I got before 2014. What I've learned through some of, it was really the ALS study committee probably, but it was also what I learned over the state hospital is there are some people who really wanna know a lot. You And I, I'm serious, you're the 99th percentile. You wanna know so much that you do know in many cases, a lot more than any one of us does. And you then become a tremendous asset, even with it's just questions, but oftentimes it's actual information where you're actually improving our process because you know at the detail level stuff that we've forgotten in some cases or that we never understood, but it's a pyramid. And so the challenge of, of, of explaining to people, educating people in town about this, the people who show up at the special town meeting to vote, you're at that top of that pyramid and there's about maybe 10% of the people in the town that are actually truly conversing with us. And then there's a bunch of people below that, that at the very bottom are just people that think it would be a shame if we ever got rid of the state hospital and we'd really like to see the chapel restored. That's about it. And so they need, they, they need to hear what we're doing too. So it, my point is, I hear what you're saying about all the things you don't know about the, you know, what are we, what are we going to hear about how this negotiation is going? And I'm saying, well, some of it probably no, because they're negotiations. But to be honest with you, 90% of the people aren't asking that question. I'm not saying you're asking a bad question. I'm just saying when we as a committee have to figure out how do you prepare the town to have this vote, we have to actually understand the people who are interested in this and at what level their interests are. You have a lot of interest, you put the time into it. So, you know, I think we all do our best to answer your questions and actually to listen to your questions because sometimes they're really, really smart. Uh, most of the time they're really, really smart. But there's a whole bunch of other people. Can I get a, per can I get a percentage on that? Can I, can, can I have a percentage on that, please? So 99% of knowledge and- There's a whole lot of other people that are gonna need easier to digest explanation. And I think the committee's rest, you know, the challenge the committee is gonna have is how do you do that in a way that the audiences that show up get the information at the level that they want to the depth that they want. And I would like to see something show up at town meeting that is acceptable, is in the best interest of the town and everything. I mean, and- Yeah, we all want that. I'm concerned about, what the steps are that get us to that. And I'm particularly concerned about the Russia going, that, you know, this is, if you, how long did it take, for example, to work through the Hinkley property? We're still talking on that now and it's been what, you know, a year, two years, three years or whatever. You've gone out, you went out for a bid in, no, no, listen, you went out in August for the bid. What's what are we talking? It'll be less than a year, and you will have sold the property for what's probably a, what it's. A, It'll be nine years after we bought. No, the RFP uh, was last April. No, the RFP was uh, well. It was like the bid didn't come in until August. That's what I'm talking about. So we're talking four months plus another what? But I, I think on the timing bill, I think I would go back to what I said earlier, which is if this were something that was a complete. 90 degree proposal, particularly you know, totally orthogonal to what's been proposed already. Okay. But this lines up, you know, it's not 100%. This is not 100% what was proposed. But this is 
in the ballpark pretty much. No, and it's not what was promised either, by the way. I mean, I, I don't want to dig up the old, this is not what was promised at town meeting. What was promised at town meeting was a vote on zoning, it was not a vote on a proposal. Now we have a proposal. Now, now we're going to have another town meeting for a vote on the disposition, which is exactly what we put. There'll be another town meeting, another chance to vote. Believe me, though, I, I, that's what was promised. That there'd be another town meeting vote on disposition. That's what this is. All right. And really, right now, this is just to do due diligence. Because right? we could sign this agreement, they can go to the buildings 10 days later and say no. Except, right? so, well, wait, the, so that, do, that's what we're talking about right now. This is, this is due diligence is what, 60 days? I mean, due diligence. It's 90 days. So when will, do, when will it end, Scott? Uh, excuse me, Todd, when does uh, due the, diligence end? Town meeting. It'll end it prior to town meeting. So it could be longer than sixty days. It's, I think it's not. It's 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 ninety days. I would say easily. Well, it says sixty. I mean, I'm presumably there is provisions to extend if necessary. If you know, if Trinity were to ask for it, might be more time to do something or whatever. But so sixty days from uh, from from April is what June. So it's, it's it's ninety days. If this is voted on and and passes tonight, due diligence starts tomorrow. I mean, they're lined up and ready to do that. I think the expectation on all parties, even if you go back and look at the RFP, with that, you know, with a preliminary designation in November, um, you know, due diligence would have would have begun by now. So, and the reason it hasn't is because this agreement has not been finalized. So, you know, in terms of dates and schedules and when things are going to happen, and you know, which information night will be, you know, held on what date. I mean, we can't start that clock without even a signed agreement. And if this is signed tonight, it's different than if it's not signed tonight. Well, you know, I, you know I'm encouraged by the work that Nick has done in terms of putting together the schedule of what due diligence means for the town. I mean, so, you know, so don't think I'm criticizing the, the, the work that's been done or anything else. I'm concerned about what happens going forward. And I'm concerned about the information flow. I'm concerned about transparency with what's going forward. And I don't think that's an unreasonable position. So I'm I I would hope that the sessions that you're you're holding Todd between now and town meeting will get into some of those issues. I mean, if 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 you've decided on a particular course of action for a particular item that's in the uh, uh, involved in the uh, uh, the redevelopment issue, I, I if it's done and settled, I'd at least like to know what it is before we get into town meeting, so we're not seeing all of these things cold. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with me in that. But I, but I have no, at the moment, I don't have a confidence that that's what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I, the part I can't follow, Bill, is if, if you're trying to negotiate a final LDA, I can't tell whether you're saying. I'd no, like I'm to, not. I'd like to know the no. daily report on what progress you've made on no. the issue. If you're saying, I'd like to see the LDA before the date of the special town meeting, that's a totally reasonable request. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to do to do any of that. I mean, all of my comments and everything that I've su submitted to date, whether it was on the first version of the RFP or the third version of the RFP or anything since that time has been to, to facilitate the final result of, of the process, to get questions out of the way, to make sure that Trinity understands what the environmental issues are up there, that they're not into an agreement or they're not into doing their due diligence and find something that, that we didn't know about there are many items that they wouldn't have known about if I hadn't made the information available that they were there. Some of the environmental issues, some of the issues on infrastructure and everything else. So I have worked so that the town would get a proposal 
that had as few unknowns in it as possible, that defined what the job was going to look like and everything else. And having done that, I think I have an interest in knowing what's going, what's going to happen going forward. I think the town's residents would like to know that this property is being disposed of and that careful consideration has been given, careful negotiations have been done before sitting down at a town meeting with 500 people or whatever, sitting there and getting the details for the very first time. I think whether you agree with what happened to Dale Street or not, that the financial information that was presented as they were going forward was, was the most I've ever seen any group present. You know, whether the, the outcome was desirable or not, uh, we at least got that kind of information. Uh, I would hope that the committee would make that same kind of information available uh, as we go forward here. Much of which you have generated, developed, um, and, and Todd, I don't think you disagree with the notion that people might be able to be informed before the special town meeting. No, correct. I mean that's the 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 that's the focus of the next three months, and and obviously that's a town issue. That's for us, the town to deal with. And this is just setting forth the terms of what Trinity and the town are going to do together during this rebuilding. This does not constrain any information sessions the town has. This doesn't constrain any questions that you ask. It doesn't constrain anyone's ability to say that there are too many questions to go ahead and dream and say we shouldn't go ahead and do them. All of those arguments are on the table. But I mean, to Todd's point, you know, this has gone on for a bit here in terms of not getting this next phase started. Yeah, Bill, I don't know if this gets just, just before, because we only have 19 more minutes in this total discussion. Does anyone else have want to be heard on this topic? Gene Greenway. Okay. You can go up and stand I, next to Bill. We, we don't have a <laughs> we don't have a, a mobile microphone. I I I will leave. I will sit down and uh, see the what are they doing the hearings at the in the Senate and whatever. I'll see the rest of my nineteen <laughs> minutes or whatever to uh, to to, to Gene. All right. Look. Thank you. I'm cutting this whole I, thing off. No, thank you. you thank you. Those questions, they're good questions. I would, uh, I would hope that the questions not be forgotten about. That there are points there that should be made. I, um, I, I think Nick has offered. If anyone forgets about the bill, you will Nick has offered to sit down with me sometime at least go over them. So, so I understand what I've said before is I would not, I don't want to be asking these questions at a town meeting. Basically, is is what my goal is. It's. Get them answered now or to understand better what they mean or what the ramifications are. So again, thank you for the time. Todd, thank you for your work. Bill, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Your I'm sure we'll be talking. Bill, thank you for your work and your dedication to this task. And I look forward to your ongoing input. Thank you. Thank you. Jean uh, Minio, Three Alder Road with a Cultural Alliance hat on tonight. Um, it sounds like the for the next phase, the Arboretum is not under consideration for Trinity, or that's not part of what they're going to do due diligence on. So can I ask what your plan might be as somebody who's planning to align with the construction schedule with Trinity, if that is still an abandoned area, that's going to be problematic for us. So I'm wondering In what, what time you're, frame? well, if we're opening in early 26 would be the idea. So 
what so in withholding that what is the what is your thinking or what is your plan to address that area the speaking at least from my standpoint the issue of the arboretum is, is twofold number one i think trinity's proposal for how they'd use the arboretum probably wasn't capitalizing on the arboretum as much as they could they, the number of units they had was smaller than what we had targeted in the master plan uh the advice that the master planning committee had gotten from kathy mccabe when she was working on the master mm -hmm. plan was towns make a mistake when they develop the property that's kind of out on the on the road you would be better off developing the campus and getting that done and then the value to the town of the arboretum will be greater mm -hmm. because of what people will see that arboretum could become attached to all the rest so speaking personally my you know not overwhelmingly strong but my preference was to hold that thing off uh, i think that uh, the development committee had asked some of the historic rehabilit you know, rehabilitation developers how important the arboretum was to them. And the answer we came back was, well, we're really into the rehabilitation stuff. So we don't care that much. Uh, but the one, thing, and then the one thing the development committee did was to make sure to the best of our ability that leaving that out and not making it part of the, re not rehabilitating those cottages wouldn't jeopardize the tax credits mm -hmm. that the rest of the campus would got would get and thought, I believe to the, the best that we can get a readout at this point in the process, the answer was it won't. So not a lot of downside in the future, the potential upside, the value of the Arboretum is probably greater than what it's perceived to be right now. So why not, why not hedge and uh, hang on to it? I had a very similar reaction, Gene, which was that the uh, proposal from Trinity uh, underutilized the Arboretum dramatically. Uh, just by rehabbing the existing buildings. And so that I thought the town could do a lot better financially and have a much nicer result if uh, if there was a different proposal for that site. It, in my mind, it still needs to get developed and, and, and uh, something done with it. I think it'll just be something bigger, something better basically. My concern is timing and how long it might stay as an abandoned area when we're up and running and perhaps people are living there as well. So it's, I would, if that's not gonna be on par or on schedule with Trinity, just wanna put it out there that it needs to happen soon thereafter. It likely could be done faster. It's certainly smaller and probably less complicated, but. Um, smaller and less complicated. Just raising a concern about maintaining abandoned properties when other things are gonna be functional. Anything else? Um, Q&A questions, will a new, from Michael Metzler, will a new RFP be issued for the Arboretum? Eventually, yes, if we keep it right, that will be done. Um, question from Brittany Hardiman, thank you to Bill for all these great questions. We've been thinking about the Pareto principle can you talk to the 80% of us that are getting lost in the details about the proposal from MSH. You know we only have 20 minutes left. So, now we only have 14 minutes left. So I, I'll just say for the, the simplest thing to describe what we're doing tonight uh, is voting on an agreement that would permit the proposed developer, Trinity, to conduct additional due diligence on the site and on the buildings uh, to evaluate um, 
the physical circumstances to learn more about it in, in light of the proposal that it made and negotiating a, an agreement for the final disposition of the property, assuming the Trinity wants to go ahead with it after the due diligence period, which would then be voted on by the town at a special town meeting. So this is the first of two agreements to be negotiated. And this just let the due diligence process move ahead and set the, the broad parameters for what that um, if there is nothing else, do we have a motion? We move that we approve the, uh, P the PDA. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I think, do we all sign this? Yes, there yeah. is an access. Oh, we have uh, a second vote. Agreement requires a separate vote. Oh, is that a separate vote? Yeah. Move to authorize me to sign the right of entry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, give me the right, right words. Right of it, yeah, okay. I uh, move that we authorize the chairman to sign the right of entry and license agreement uh, supporting the PDA. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? All right. Thank you. We will sign that. Thank you, Todd. Well, thank you, everyone. Enjoy, Enjoy the rest of your meeting. Sure, Todd. <laughs> thank you. Yes, 12 minutes. You, you hit your deadline by 12 minutes, so enjoy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Next, uh, fiscal year 2023 budget update and capital budget update. So I just wanted to give you an update. Uh, the Warren Committee has met with all of the departments. They have a meeting tomorrow night. They'll be reviewing uh, final town and school budget requests. Um, as I've updated you previously, we have the town has reduced our budget requests as well as the school department. And I anticipate the Warren Committee will be balancing the budget tomorrow night. And I'll bring that to you at your call. Um, Balancing the budget, meaning there won't be a gap that has to be closed. Correct. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. We should be finalizing that tomorrow. Um, just, I wanted just more for informational purposes, uh, just a copy of the capital budget um, that has been approved by the capital budget uh, committee, and that will be going to the Warren Committee for a, a vote um, either tomorrow night or their following meeting. And then just a copy for your information of the fiscal year 2023 appropriations. Uh, requested from the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund. Obviously, with the Dale Street project not moving forward, we've had to reprioritize some of the projects uh, that were on that capital plan. So that has gone to the Permanent Planning and Building Committee for their review, and then we'll come back to the Capital Budget Committee uh, just to make sure the Permanent Planning and Building Committee for the financial policy is fine with the reprioritization of those projects. Is that, is that reprioritization to put deferred Dale maintenance? Right. Bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that I believe the um, current planning and building will be meeting next week to review that. And then once it's finalized, capital budget committee will vote as well. So that'll be coming shortly. All right. Any questions on that? All right. And I assume that that balanced budget warranty will comply with our financial policy. 100%. And that and compliance will be reflected in the warrant report this year? It will. All right. Um, next up, to vote for the fiscal year 2023 appropriations uh, to the municipal building. Oh, that's not, oh, that's coming up next. Sorry. Oh. All right. Two of those. Anyway, next, uh, vote to authorize the town administrator to sign the local Intel order summary for online economic development tools for a lump sum of $9,600 for three years to be paid via the redo grant from the Mass Office of Business Development and 495 Metro West Partnership. This was a grant that Sarah had received, um, part of our rapid uh, recovery grants that will do an online uh, database for our businesses. Um, 
was part of what we determined during COVID was an issue when we needed to notify all of them and did not have access to all of those uh, that are in town. So uh, it's a great project and uh, her and Marion are working on that together. Great. Only question I had, did Mark, Mark, did you review the contract? Only because no, it's, it's, not, a, it's not even a contract though. I did. It's got four pages okay. of terms and conditions on it. So it's yeah. So just briefly, with software type contracts, you have to pick your battles. Mm -hmm. So I looked at two, and there was nothing horrible. So that's all I need uh, to hear. Okay. Nothing okay. horrible. I like that. All right. <laughs> that's a legal term. But nothing horrible. <laughs> nothing like you know, being submit subjected yourself to the jurisdiction of California courts or something like that. It's nothing like that. All right. Motion. Okay, author, uh, I move that we authorize the town administrator to sign the local Intel order summary for online economic development tools for a lump sum of $9,600 for three years to be paid via the redo grant for Mass Office of Business Development and 495 Metro West Partnership. I will second that. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Next, the vote to appoint uh, Clifford and Kenny LLP for Labor Council Services. Any questions, comments, discussions, concerns? Nope. Nope. All right. I move that we uh, approve or appoint Clifford and Kenny LLP for label council, labor council services. Second. All in favor? Yep. Aye. Aye. They have an agreement you need to sign to support to authorize that. No. No. No, just an engagement, a proposal letter. They don't have an engagement No, they'll come forward. Oh. We just want to appoint them first and then sign uh, next, vote to increase the override from the municipal building stabilization fund in fiscal year 2023 by 2.5%. To one million one hundred three thousand eight hundred twelve dollars. I move that we increase the override for the municipal building. Are we? In, we're not, are we increasing? I guess we are increasing the override. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I move that we increase the override for the municipal building stabilization fund in fiscal year twenty twenty three by two and a half percent to one million one hundred three thousand eight hundred twelve dollars. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Next, vote to approve a letter of support for the Cultural Alliance of Medfield's application to the FY22 Destination Development Capital Grant II program by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I vote that we sign the letter of support. What I was looking for is all the rest of the words that I got here somewhere uh, for the uh, CAM. Application to the Office of Travel and T Tourism Destination Development Capital Grant focused on capital improvements with a direct relationship to tourism and other physical structural items with a greater than five-year lifespan. Second. All in favor? Yeah. Aye. 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 Um, usually there's words here I could do. No citizen comment. Next, the consent agenda. Uh, 5K trail run in support of New Life Furniture Bank. Before we go oh. there, there was a minor typo in that letter. The very first COVID-19 reference said COVID-1. <laughs> I do read those letters. Next, all right. Consent Agenda 5K Trail Run in support of New Life Furniture Bank in Massachusetts to be held on May 7th, 2022 at the Metro Hospital. Uh, Zealous Beer Garden, series of one-day beer wine permits for Meeting House Park, April 2nd, April 16th, April 23rd. May 14th, May 21st, May 29th, all Saturdays. Uh, the Zulu Gallery one-day beer wine permit request for the Ukraine fundraising concert on Saturday, March 26, 2022, and request to place promotional signs at North Main Transfer Station entrance on South and Spring Street. 
The Souls of Medfield to host the annual 10K road race on June 12, 2022, with the start and finish of the race to be located at Medfield State Hospital. Um, my only question before is that assume that Police Chief Pebble has approved the rules and all for the runs. Okay. Any other questions, comments? The only question I had on the 5K trail run for New Life, they're planning to park. It sounds like given how many runners they have, they said they were planning to park in the in the lot, which I think is the lot where the school buses are. And is that the only question I have is, is that actually going to be adequate and will the buses be there? The buses will be there. The chief working with them on some alternate uh, parking locations. So okay. we'll work on that with them. And, that, and then one minor, this is not worth stopping anything, but the Zealous request, uh, it said the entire beer garden can be roped off as opposed to will be roped it off. It will be. Okay, it will be roped up. Good. Okay. No more questions. I uh, move that we approve the items on the consent agenda as discussed in detail or read out in detail by the chair. Second. All in favor? Yes. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Meeting minutes. I looked at them all. I didn't get through all of them. Uh, I got through. <laughs> well, how far did you get, Pete? I only did uh, a dozen. Okay. And it sure was fun reading about COVID so much. <laughs> well, let's see, I got up through 11-11. Uh, 11-10. So, Christine, I had a question on the, the May 26th one, which is the one that I rejected last time. I haven't seen anything new on that, so I assume we still haven't approved that one. Right. And the June 9th when I called up the June 9th one, it said that the owner had put the file in the wastebasket, wherever the internet wastebasket. Well, that, so what I, so I didn't, I could have, I kept a copy, but I didn't read it because I was thinking maybe what it was is there was a subsequent version. So I, there, I didn't there, look there at it. There were two versions of that. Mm -hmm. yes. There were. Yeah. I never. Uh, I, 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 I got puzzled by that too. And then I figured okay. out there was another I, version. I put comments on that. Yeah, I got the track. So the so those two are the only two that I haven't reviewed. So Pete can maybe you can which ones have you reviewed? I'm sorry, which are you asking are you me which on? ones? Which ones are you good on? I'm just gonna mark them here. I have to have Mike come back to whatever meetings to take. You 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 are free to put everyone's in my mouth you want to after the discussion. Justin, however you, however you say. It's actually viewed as a ministerial act, so somebody can, just successor can actually go to a meeting. Ah, but she's not paying attention. <laughs> so look, you, can, you can go to town. Whatever you want to do, make you say whatever you want to do. So that on the, on the, in the left column, I have all but the, uh, the last one. And in the right column, I don't have, uh, I didn't get the March 3. July 13, August 3, August 17, and August 25. Well, some of those, um, I had sent comments to you and Brittany, you need to add the list of documents you used. Yeah, she's doing that after you okay. uh, comment. Yep. So <laughs> we'll do every, what you all want to do. I've, I've, I'm not going to look at those minutes again. <laughs> and so you can approve as many as you want, whatever, whatever you want. You make the motion, whatever you're going to do. So, I'm, I'm so done with Pete, minutes. All right. So, Pete, you said you've seen all the ones on the left. I haven't seen June 9th, so I'm going to drop that one off. You said March 
I haven't I haven't seen December 22 either. <clears throat> you didn't see December 22, March 2nd. <laughs> March 2nd, July 13. These are the ones that I haven't seen yet. August 3, August 17, August 25. And you're good for September 14th and 21. Yes. All right. It took me forever to read uh, May 26. It was like 21 <laughs> pages long. Well, that's not on the list. It was like right. a verbatim transcript. <clears throat> are we ready for a motion? I think we are. I move that we approve the following meeting minutes uh, as revised with comments from the three of us. June 2nd, 2020, June 22nd, 2020, July 7th, 2020, November 10th, 2020. November 17th, 2020, December 1st, 2020 at 7 p.m. April 30, April 20th, 2021, September 14th, 2021, and September 21st, 2021. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All right. Town administrator updates. I actually have quite a few this evening. So All right. Uh, first, the baseball softball parade will be moving to May 7th. Uh, they asked me to announce that tonight. It will be officially on your agenda next week to change the date of that. Um, DCAM has started remediation on the laundry parcel uh, at the Medfield State Hospital. So there will be an increase in truck traffic and vehicular traffic up there. So we ask everybody to use extra caution when they're walking up there. Um, annual town election, as a reminder, is Monday. Uh, all voting is at the center at Medfield, and that is from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. 7 a.m.? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Sorry. 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, the annual town, uh, annual warrant committee hearing is Tuesday, March 29th at the Public Safety Building at 7 p.m. Uh, if you have any questions about the proposed budget or any of the warrant articles, uh, you're welcome to attend in person or Zoom. Uh, you can also submit your questions in advance. Um, and we should have the annual town meeting website up and running by the end of the week. And finally, I just wanted to say thank you to Mike for all of his support, both as a member of the Board of Selectmen and a former member of the Warren Committee. It's been like a million years since we've worked together on the Warren Committee. That's true. Um, certain, it's been certain snowplow. <laughs> the first item we worked on together. Yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure and an honor to, uh, to see the things you've moved forward for the town over these years. Um, and I'm incredibly uh, proud to be a part of that. But more importantly, I would just like to thank your family, um, and particularly Emily, who has given you to us for that amount of time. Uh, we all appreciate it here, uh, especially at the town hall. So thank you. Thank you. We'll see if she wants to send it back or join her. That's fine. We'll take it back. <laughs> I'll start making a list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Christine. Hey, that makes you grow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Pete? Uh, I would just, Mike, I would second uh, Christine's remarks. Uh, it, it has been a pleasure to work with you for six years, and, uh, and I really thank you for doing this for the town. And I think it's meant a lot to the town. So it has been noted. Um, and that's about it. Eagle Scout Court of Honor, I guess, uh, what all of us went to. Thank you. Yes. Well, they also would certainly uh, second Christine's comments and uh, my case, both uh, a number of enjoyable years on the Warren Committee and uh, certainly a number of enjoyable years here. So uh, it's, it's just been fun working with it. Wish you all the best going forward from here. I had two uh, selectman reports issues. One, uh, I'm trying to catch up with uh, Jess Riley 
to start talking about the public hearing. We were going to talk today, but the schedules got disrupted. So I, I think we'll still be having a, a meeting to get, get the public hearing on the 7th uh, in, in, uh, in order. Uh, and then the other observation to make the first information item here was the flyer for the Medfield Outreach Survey. Uh, Captain McDonald had sent an email out yesterday or day before. They were hoping to get like 350 responses. I think they were at something like 548. That's a good thing. More is better. And uh, anybody out there, if you haven't filled the survey out yet, uh, it's open until March 27th. And the more they can get, the better it'll be. So uh, we've already had a, a great response. So hoping to keep it up for the next next couple of weeks. All right. Uh, yeah, Pete noted the old code of honor on Sunday. Um, I was glad to get one more of those in um, before leaving the board. It's always an edifying experience. Um, and I think um, at least one of the scouts, I think one of his merit badges, he had to suffer for living in the community to get it. Um, but it, it was, it was, it's always good to see what a great job the scouts do. Um, it's a great organization. I don't, I don't have a long valedictory here, but I do want to just make two notes. Uh, first, just a note of thanks to, to the voters of Medfield for affording me the opportunity for the last six years to serve here. Um, I don't take it lightly. That was a tremendous honor and a privilege, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, there would be too many people to thank. I mean, one of the best things about this job is you get to work with people all across the town and, and different committees, different capacities. And, and I couldn't uh, address everyone here, but I did want to just sort of kind of thank the, as they call them, the regulars, um, starting with my colleagues, Pete and Gus, and before that, Mark Fisher. I mean, it's been five years, and Gus and I have had a lot of meetings together. I, I, I don't know how many hours we've spent together. Um, Arguing over things we agree about 95% on. Um, but Pete and, and you and Gus have both been such great colleagues. And I think one of the things I've appreciated is the way that you know we have disagreements, we don't agree all the time. Um, but we don't really carry forward the disagreements to the next agenda item. They last as long as we disagree and then we move on to, to something else. And I think you know, this has been a lot of time. Um, and I think you, you get into doing it, you don't really realize it, how much time away it was. Um, it was particularly dramatic during the COVID. We're doing this on Zoom and I'm home, but I'm still away, you know, for three hours or whatever from my little, little walk-in closet, which remains um, undecorated. But but thank you all for that. And thank you to Christine uh, and Nick and Mark, um, who are um, here frequently and away from their families at night as well, which I, I know is a challenge and I appreciate it. And I do think that of all the stuff we've worked on, the, the thing that I am proudest of is, is are the people that we've hired and put into position. We have tremendously talented people working for the town who are into this uh, for the for the right reasons because they do believe in public service and love the town. And I think that's what's most important. So thank you all to Christine and Nick and Mark. And, and I would be remiss without noting just Mike Sullivan, of course, who um, was a mentor to all of us. And he was here when I started. He was here when everybody started. Um, uh, but I think he sort of set a tone for these meetings and you know, with the time that we do spend away from our families, it was enjoyable to be here. Um, we were dealing with important things and um, interest waxed and waned. Um, and I would note the final, the, the true regular at these meetings is, is Bill. I, I think, uh, Pete, I don't think I've missed any meetings in six years. I don't think I've missed any meetings in six years I've been here. I think maybe you've missed two over that period of time, probably for some serious medical issues or what have you, but- I think or, they're actually scared faults on my- or, the, or, or, or maybe like grand opening at the MGM or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> that was, but for some reason, and it's always good to see you there. And I, I wish the best luck to everyone in the elections, Eileen as well. 
the town's going to be in great hands. Um, and I look forward to uh, reading about what you all are doing uh, and not watching it happen. Uh, but I did forget to note the next the one here because on March 29th, I won't be there. Um, the next election will be April 5th. I also won't be there. And there's a public hearing on April 7th in the school. And I won't be there either. So hopefully I'll be coaching baseball on all three of those nights. So uh, that's all I have. Do we have those? Sure. Right? You don't want to set any records? I move that we adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Thank you. We need to get one last picture of the three of you up next. Ah, yes. Oh, you know what? And I forgot to thank the Medfield oh. TV folks. Yeah. And speaking of the regulars. That I, I, I apologize. You were on the list of people to thank. And you guys do such a great job. You have, you have chronicled my thinning hair extremely well from that camera up top. Um, but thank you all very much. You guys do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fix it in the end. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just don't go to HD. <laughs>